are live. We are live, except there's no one else here. No. Hopefully there's someone else out there is with us alive. And um, so this is David Lyons, Atlas of Spencer Director with... Megan Hanges. And Megan, who are you? I am on the board at Atlas. Nice. So we found some really, really cool buttons that we can press. So I'm going to go ahead and start with a joke or a couple jokes. Ready? So I heard this one the other day. How did the Roman Empire get divided? I don't know how. With a pair of Caesars. Okay, so recently I got back from Mexico. This isn't a joke. This part's true. I thought the joke was better than that. But anyway, so recently I got back from Mexico. And the entire time I was there, I just kept thinking of all the stuff I had to do. I started writing it down. And I was like, man, this is turning into a book. This is my ought to biography. Yes. Uh, no, we can't go with that music. No, go with the top right. Yeah, that's the one we're going to go with for now on. Because I'm really just that funny. So now that we wasted like two minutes of your life, I'd like to talk to you guys a little bit. So yeah, this is uh, our second podcast and uh, excited about that. So before we get into any questions, I don't know um, if you had any questions. If not, I kind of had some things I'd like to share. Miss Megan Mack. Uh, so recently, as I, as I just mentioned, I was in Mexico, and about three weeks ago, I mean, I knew I was going on the trip, I was asked if I would speak at a drug rehab center in Mexico, and what, uh, it was the day after I got there, and I thought, sure, you know, and then I was reading through the Bible like I am prone to do in the mornings, and um, for those of you listening, maybe you're familiar with this story, maybe you're not. But um, there's a story in the book in the Old Testament, 1 Kings, chapter 18. It's when there's this prophet named Elijah, mm-hmm. and they have this kind of showdown with the prophets of Baal. And he, <clears throat> excuse me, is in the midst of this famine, and they create this sacrifice. And Elijah kind of mocks him. He says, the God who answers by fire, let's make these sacrifices. And, you know, who, whoever is God will send down fire from heaven. Right. And then he kind of mocks them because they're crying out all day, the prophets of Baal. And. They say things like, well, maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's in the bathroom. Maybe he's right. do, doing all these things. And then Elijah says, you know, okay, why don't you wet? He, he digs a trench. And then he says, why don't you guys wet the, the bowl or whatever it is for the sacrifice? Okay, do it again. Okay, do it again. Until the whole thing was soaking with water. And then um, Moses, I'm sorry, Elijah actually prays a prayer. And if I can find it here, I'll, I'll read it to you. It says something like, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. This is 1 Kings 18, verses 36 and following. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. I am your servant. Answer me, O Lord, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. And so he prays that God would answer by fire from heaven and consume the sacrifice, but not just to show yourself as powerful, but uh, the, the whole purpose was to turn their hearts back to God. Right. And then I was reading that, I was reading actually, that's not what I want to get to, that's just the background context. And um, that's what preachers do, they just keep talking and talking and talking, similar to me right now. That's right. So I just make noises every now and then. You just make noises. Can you applaud me, please? (laughs) I like it. I like it. My wife doesn't, my wife should have that button. Just to continue to build my ego. Yeah. And so, (laughs) um, so yeah, in chapter 19, the king's wife is a lady named Jezebel and basically tells Elijah, 
hey, you got rid of all my guys, the prophets of Baal, I'm going to do that to you. And so then he gets into a, like a really depressed state. And um, he went, it says he went a day's journey, First Kings 19.4, into the wilderness, came set under a tree. And then he asked that he could die, saying, it's enough now, O Lord, take away my life, I'm no better than my father. So like he goes from this major victory to this major depression. Right. And so, you know, some of our listeners, maybe that's you, maybe that's someone you've uh, worked with or someone that you, in your family, you know, Megan and I, more Megan and, and her husband, Nicholas, have a close friend that um, recently has gone through a major spell of depression and basically said something very similar to, you know, it's not any good that I live. Right. You know, and, and so depression is a major thing that many people either they deal with or they, we all know someone that deals with them or deals with it. And then it says he lays down, he goes to sleep, and an angel touches him and, and arise, he says, arise and eat. So sometimes the most spiritual thing we could do is take a nap and then wake up and eat. Right. Well, at least there's a cake there. So, so for me, when I need to deal with my depression, or not my depression, when I deal with depression, I like to eat cake. So that's I what, like cake. That's what the Bible says, as long as it's cheesecake, specifically our German chocolate, which is also my favorite. You can't have that many favorites unless you have kids, and then you can have first, second, and third favorites. So anyway, so as it goes along, and I know this is kind of long-winded, but I'm leading up to something, so hopefully I'm not boring you guys out there. It says that the word of the Lord comes to Elijah. He's hiding, he's tired, he's depressed. It says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he's got, you know, Elijah gives him this answer, and... um God responds to him in 1 Kings 19, verse 11. Go out, stand on the mountain before the Lord. And it says, The Lord passed by. God himself passes by. A great and strong wind tore the mountains, broke in pieces the rocks. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in an earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there was another voice and said the same thing. What are you doing here, Elijah? And so what does that have to do with anything? And what does that specifically have to do with Mexico? So I was, I was on this trip, but prior to this trip, I was praying about what I would share with these guys, gals, who were struggling with major drug addiction. Yeah. You know, Megan, you know, you come out of a lifestyle of, of addiction. Yep. And um, before I go any further, maybe, well, I'll go a little bit further and I'll segue since you don't know what I'm going to ask you. You know, maybe give you a moment to think about it, but... um. What, what really jumped out to me is how God comes to him. And even though there's all these dramatic things, powerful things, powerful events, it was, um, it says, what are you doing here, Elijah? The fact that he speaks his name twice. And then, um, in John chapter 10 in the New Testament, for those of you unfamiliar, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. I lead my sheep out and I call them by name. And, uh, Exodus 33, Moses prays a prayer, says, God, You said, I found favor in your sight. You'll go with me and you know me by name. And God responds, I know you by name. Right? And so there's this concept of what I was thinking of is when I think of someone knowing my name, or more specifically when God knows my name, there's it it really is speaking of intimacy. And more than just intimacy, it's speaking of um, not being alone. Right. And so basically what I shared at this rehab center was, hey, guys, I know you've walked through this or either they're walking through it or they have walked through it. Some, many of them are still dealing with major drug addiction. And I was just like, listen, 
You're not alone. God knows your name. He knows what you've walked through. He knows what you've been through. He knows your story. He knows the trauma. He knows what you've experienced. He knows the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful. He knows yep. it all. And and I want to encourage you guys, is what I told him, that, you know, all this is in Spanish. I said, you're not alone. You're not alone. God knows who you are, and he wants to redeem the past. He knows your name. Yeah. And actually, when I was back, you know, before I left, when I was at my table that morning, there was a, a name that came to me, Raul. And so, in English, that would be Raul, for those of you listening today. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And... um it's not a common name. I'd say there are about 60 people there at this rehab center. And so as I got done um, with my message, I said, Hermanos, hay alguien aquí que tiene el nombre de Raúl, porque cuando estuve en los Estados Unidos hace dos semanas, el Señor me habló de este nombre. And I was like, hey, is there anybody here with this name? Anybody here named Raúl? And it wasn't Jesus or it wasn't Maria or any, any right. common Hispanic name. And one guy raised his hand, you know, and I said, hey, dude, I want you to come forward. I want to talk with you. And Raul came forward, and I just said, hey, man, I, wanted, I just want to let you know that, yeah, I've been speaking about God knowing our name, but I also want to let you know, like, 1,500, 2,000 miles away, last week, your name came to my mind. God was speaking to me through his word about knowing our name, knowing our story, knowing where we've been, knowing the trauma, and, and then your name came to my mind. And I, perhaps he's wanting to call you out of a crowd today, yeah. that you're not alone in the crowd, and that... You know, he knows what you've been through. The, he, he knows all this stuff. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And I said, is there something I could talk, pray for you about? And he said, yo tengo un hueco, un gran hueco en mi corazón. He said, I have a huge hole in my heart. And um, as I, you know, I just began to pray for him. And he just crumpled to the floor, sobbing, crying. Mm. And, um, you know, the fact that, that God would show him, yeah. pull him out of a crowd, yep. and the fact that he would show someone 2,000 miles or however far away it is, yeah. away, the name, so I could be praying for the guy. It just showed him that, he, you know, again, he's, he wasn't alone, even in the midst of the trauma and stuff like that. And God is, God is the same everywhere, but at the same time, people are the same everywhere. Needs are the same. That's right. Desires are the same. The desire to be loved, the desire to be protected. You know, no matter what's going on in Ukraine, Russia right now, all these things, that's that's our story. And so I guess the question I want to ask you is, without going into too much detail, I don't want to have you give your life away, Miss Megan, Miss Megan Mack, who's oh not dressed in black. No, but, not. you know, when you were kind of going through that that season or stage of life, you know, how did you feel and, and what what brought you hope, I guess, is the question. Mm -hmm. So... Um, for those of you that don't know me, I was, um, a meth addict. I was a meth cook. I ran with gangs. I, I used, I stole, I, I was a sinner. I was awful. So, um, I was hopeless. There was, there was no, I don't know. There was no light. There was nobody that could make things better. There was nobody that could. Um, make me feel better about myself. It was it was drugs. It was all consuming. So I'll stop you there. Did the drugs make you feel better, or was it more just escape from reality, or both? Well, I'm not saying that drugs didn't feel good. Sure, sure. But it was okay. a false sense of good and a false sense of better because it always goes away. Okay. 
Um, so, yeah. So then what, you know, how, again, I don't mm. want to just drag along something sorted to sorted past, so to speak. And we know how sore, we all know how sorted your life is and what, well, not is, was. Let me was. rephrase that. Was. was. Let me <clears> take <throat> that back. But uh, anyway, yeah, so after a, a X amount of time in that lifestyle, what, what brought you that hope? What brought you from there to here? Well, it was a near-death experience that um, kind of shocked me out of that situation. Um, but even, uh, you know, I was almost murdered and buried in the middle of nowhere. And I, in a moment, I cried out to the Lord. And in that moment, I didn't realize it was the Lord that heard my cry. But he rescued me from that situation. It didn't stop me from going right back to that. But eventually, um, I came to know him and in a solitary confinement cell in jail. After reading the Book of Hope, the Gospels, um, I got down on my knees and gave my life to the Lord. Yeah, it's... It's really, really cool, and I don't know if and maybe um, on our Facebook page, I don't know if we can provide a link yeah. to one of your testimonies of what God's done in your life. I think that'd be really cool. For those of you who are interested, that would be um, just atlassuspenser.com or atlassuspenser on Facebook. Maybe we can provide a link so that you can get a more in-depth history of, of Megan and also her husband's, um, their stories. Yeah, we can put a link in the podcast descriptions. Oh, cool. Yeah, that'd be really good. And so, again, I know this is maybe kind of heavy. You know, you're hearing about maybe you're driving down the road or just in your office and you hear something, oh, my gosh, what are they talking about yeah, today? You that's know, a lot. They're not always going to be this heavily, <laughs> hopefully. And, and also, we don't want to make light of it either, you know. So if you're out there listening today or if you know someone out there dealing with something, I want to encourage you in the fact that you're not alone, number one. You know, no matter no matter how far gone things seem to be, there's always hope. Always. And, uh, you know, one, one example I like to use is the kaleidoscope. Yeah. And what is a kaleidoscope? It's nothing but a, broken, a bunch of broken fragments collected right. inside of this thing. And yet, somehow when light shines on this thing, right, and even as it brings change, it, these broken fragments produce something of beauty. That's right. You know, and I think so often... You know, whether it be shame or guilt or whatever it might be, or the fear of what others might think, if we're going through those addictions or those no light, as you mentioned, yeah. you know, this is completely unscripted, by the way. And so if you're that person where you don't feel like you have the hope or the light, or, you know, if you have someone that that is a loved one or someone that you care for, you know, I encourage you to reach out to someone, whether it be a counselor, whether it be a a pastor, whether it be us at Atlas. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I've done this before, but I'll give the phone number. Our phone number is 712-584. Just kidding. That's my cell phone. I won't give that out. <laughs> our, 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 our office number is 712-580-3277. 712-580-3277. Uh, or you can reach us at atlassuspenser at gmail.com. Or on our Facebook page. Or on the Facebook page. So again... If you're listening today, just reach out to somebody. You're not alone. And there's no one that's too far gone. Yeah, that's good. There's no one that you've done so much, you, you've been in it too long. There, there's always a way out. That's good. Yeah, it reminds me. There's this lady. I used to live in the Netherlands. I don't know if you knew that yeah. or not. And um, there's this lady named Corrie ten Boom, mm-hmm. who um, she and her family had Jews, went to a concentration camp in World War II. Amazing story. And her sister died, her dad died. Her, she was in Bergen-Belsen, 
concentration camp. No, that's not true. She's at Ravensbrück. And um, she, she was famous. One of her biggest quotes that I really like is, there's no pit that is so deep that God's love is not deeper still. That's right. There's no pit that is so deep that God's love is not deeper still. And so, yeah, anyway, if you're out there, I'd like to do something. I'd like to just maybe, if you wouldn't mind praying, mm-hmm. you know, for, for that person, for those people, for that family, you know, dealing with either the addiction, the cycle, the no hopeless, or the hopelessness, the no hope, the no light, or the family member of that person. And just uh, we can close on that. And uh, we would love to hear some feedback from you guys as well. Again, we're hoping to have guests here in the coming podcasts. But in the meantime, this is David Lyons saying goodbye. Thank you for listening. And we will close with Megan Hanges praying for you guys. Father, thank you, God. I thank you for those listening right now. Father, whether it's a a parent whose child is struggling or um, a child whose parent is struggling, whoever it is, Father, I just pray that the person who is supposed to know that there is light would know that there's light and that at the sound of this podcast, at the sound of these words, the testimonies, the things that are brought through, Father, I just pray that you would speak life and hope into the people hearing God and um, that you would give them a sense of your presence, Father. Um, when I cried out in my despair, um, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Father, I just pray that those people would hit their knees, whether whether they hit their knees or not, Father, wherever they are, that they would cry out to you and know that you've heard their call. In Jesus' name, amen. So thank you guys for the time you've given us. Please subscribe, and we will see you on the next Atlas podcast.